Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman Podcast. It is episode 74. Um, I'm James Marwood and hopefully you'll have heard Zach and I talking previously in some of the earlier episodes, but this time it's just me. Um, and I'm here to talk to you about uh, the stylish gentleman. So really about uh, some of my thoughts and ideas on how you can try and, and, and look your best, especially leading into the summer. Um, if, like me, you're not especially well built for hot weather, um, looking stylish and, and, and looking your best in, in, in the hot days, and especially if you're out and about, can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, so I have a few thoughts on how best to to, to, to do that. And I think it really depends on how formal you need to be and on if you are going to be out for an extended period. So let's think about going to to to, to events. I've got I've got two events um really coming up this summer. Um as we start to come out of lockdown. They're going to be later on in the summer. Uh, but one is is relatively formal. I'm going to to, to 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 the races. And so I need to be quite formally dressed for that. And then the second one, I'm going to the polo. Um, less formal, although still not exactly, you know, slob wear event, but relatively smart, but very much on the smart casual spectrum. Now, neither of those are events I would normally choose to go to. I'm doing it because of because of work and because I need to go and schmooze a little bit and, 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 uh, and try and impress people. So... Um, for the formal event, I'm going to be wearing uh, a, a suit, and that's really de rigueur for any sort of of formal event in 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 most of most of the world. Certainly in the in in the UK, Europe, uh, US, places where probably most of you are. Uh, a, a summer suit is is pretty much essential wear for that type of formal event. Same for a wedding, uh, a formal garden party, anything like that. And so summer brings with it a few opportunities and a few things that make it a bit different. Your traditional, uh, your summer suit will be a little bit different to your traditional office suit. So first is in is, is colour. Uh, second is, is cloth. And, and third is, uh, is construction. So if we think about the, the, the colours that are acceptable for a, for a summer suit, they tend to be a little bit lighter and, and, and brighter. So that could be something like, like tan. Um, and you'll, you, you, you'll probably remember uh, all the hoo-ha about uh, President Obama in his tan suit, which personally I thought looked great. Uh, I love a tan suit. Um, it could be something like a, like a lighter blue. So whereas navy or, or shades very close to navy would be the normal for a blue, traditional blue office suit. You can go a little bit crazier than that, but most of us would wear um, a, a navy blue or a grey suit would be sort of standard office wear. You can go lighter and brighter with with a summer suit. Um, so that could be a um, something like what's often called a, an Air Force blue or a French navy. So still quite dark, and you can definitely get away with those in the uh, in, in the office in a traditional office. But also, you could look at things like uh, like sky blue, or like or like just slightly off that. Um, I have a, a, a great uh, lightweight 
just thought, just slightly darker than sky blue suit that I wear for summer events quite often. In fact, it's probably what I'll wear to the races. Um, and it's, it's, you can also play with, with, with mixtures of colours. So Zach, will have, you'll have probably heard talk about his love for, for seersucker suits. That's a mixture of cotton and, and silk in, in stripes. It's very cool to wear because you've got the the airiness of, 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 of the uh, the airflow from the cotton and you've got the natural cool feel of, of silk both together. And they can give some they can come in some great colour combinations, either all one colour or in a, a blue and white stripe or a, sometimes a blue and red or different colour stripes. They're always a great option. Some also gives you the opportunity to play with uh, with checks and with uh, with stripes, in which you may not want to do in a traditional traditional office suit. So having that sort of casual summer suit gives a lot more room to play with with colour, which is always a great opportunity. Uh, the second thing is the is the cloth, the actual material the suit is made from. Now most most suits that you that you buy will be in in wool or or some mixture of of wool and something else. It might have some man-made fibers in there to give it stretch or to, to, to make it slightly more more durable. Or it might be um, have some silk or or, or or linen blended in. But generally, most suits that we wear in the office would be would be wool, and there'd be a kind of wool called uh, worsted, which is that traditional flat, relatively uh, heavy relatively dry suit cloth that you would that you would get most of your suits that you would go for a rack or you would go to a tailor and, and buy most of what you would look at would be would be worsted in summer you can start to look at slightly different uh, materials and slightly different cloth that you can that you can wear because it's as it's less smooth, it's less formal, and so you're looking at cloths with a little bit of, of, of a texture to them. But also, because they often have an open weave, they're a bit airier and a bit more uh, more comfortable to wear on, on, on hot days. You get a bit more of a breeze through your through your cloths, which is what you want in summer, not in winter. And there you're looking at cloths like still wool, but you could look at things like, uh, like fresco, which is a very open weave, uh, very robust, a great travel suit. You could look at, at, at Hopsack, which is a little bit heavier than, 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 than Fresco. It has a really nice um, uh, crosshatch pattern to it, which is, which is very appealing. And because of that, it's very resistant to creasing. So they make fantastic travel suits if you're either wearing them as your if you're on a flight or on a train for a long time or if they're packed in a suitcase you can lift them out they look they, they, they look great just with a half an hour on a hanging on a hanger so i've got i've got a hopsack blazer that is sort of my standard flying uniform um if you like it's a it's a just a little bit lighter than navy so it can do double duty between the office and an evening um it's fine for a for a garden party with some with some chinos or some um some khakis if as you call them in the US. Great idea for a suit like that. I have a a, a, a fresco suit in a in a dark tobacco brown, which is not something I'd wear to a traditional office. I would save that really for for casual wear. Um, but it's a really light and, and airy suit. So I can still wear suit shirt and jacket, um, or suit trousers, shirt and jacket on a on, on a warm day and it's absolutely fine, you know, so long as I'm not standing in direct sunlight all day, 
I can get away and, and have got away with wearing that in sort of high 30s, 40 degree, 40 degree weather. You also have uh, linen, which is uh, sort of the traditional summer suit. Linen's great, but it can be a little bit uh, hard to to keep it looking good because linen creases naturally. A little bit of crease in linen is is, is expected. That's what you should you should be looking for, really. But um, generally speaking, if you look at slightly heavier linens, they will still be very cool, but will crease less. They can be a little bit tricky to find off the rack, but if you look at places like um, some of the more traditional men's, menswear um, outfitters, or if you look at places like, uh, if you're in London, uh, Surplus, S-I-R-P-L-U-S, often have things like that in. Surplus make things from surplus cloth. Um, and you can sometimes find some really interesting uh, heavyweight linens or heavier linens. And then also you have silk or, or silk blends. Now, silk by itself is not really hard wearing enough to be made into a, into a suit. Certainly not for trousers and not for a jacket that's going to see anything like uh, regular wear. But a, 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 a wool suit jacket with 5 or 10% silk in can be a great choice. I've got a a, a a jacket that I bought probably now eight, nine years ago um, that I wear quite regularly in, 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 in the summer. It's a it's a wool silk uh, with a little bit of linen in it. It's, it's, it's a blend. And the thing I like about it is that it's so robust to, to creasing. So I can wear that uh, on a plane or in a train or I can be sat um, say if I'm if, if I'm in an office, I can be sat wearing that in the office. And then I get up, go out for the evening, and it still looks great. It doesn't look creased or crumpled. It's light and it's breathable. And part of that comes on to the third factor, which is construction. So if you've if you've ever really felt a, 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 a suit, suits are made up generally of three main layers. So you have your your outer, your outer layer, so what would be your, your worsted wool in a traditional suit. And you have your, your lining, which would be something like silk or a synthetic. And actually, synthetic is usually better because it hangs better. Um, and then in between there, you will have some form of interlining. So that could be a synthetic material. It could be uh, horsehair in some cases. It could be some mixture of the two um, in a, in a, a uh, machine-made suit, usually that will be a fused lining where it will be glued to, to, the, to the main body of the suit or to the outer layer. And that can be good, it can be bad. It's, it's hard to do very well, but when it's done very well, it's, it's excellent. So if you look at something like a Palzolari suit, a lot of those have fused linings and they are fantastic quality, um, but also very cheap suits will be done. It'll just be not be done very well. If you're having a suit made, by, by hand, a traditionally constructed suit, it will generally have uh, a free-floating interlining, which is usually better because it allows it to be 3D, effectively. It allows the, the, the garment to be constructed to give your body the right shape rather than just being flat. And that's what gives, for example, uh, the wonderful um, uh, curve that you'll see in, in a really well-made suit jacket. That really accentuates that ideal male physique of a broad waist and a, of a broad shoulders and a narrow waist. 
But all of that construction in a traditional suit adds weight and it, and it uh, stops airflow, it makes them warmer. Great in the winter, not so good in the, in, in the summer. And so that's where part-lined or deconstructed suits can be really useful. So I have a, 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 a jacket that I wear quite often, not on the hottest days, but I can wear it up, you know, on, on quite hot days up to sort of 30 degrees pretty much, uh, which is, it's quite a thick tweed, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a traditional, very scratchy, very heavy Harris style tweed. It's a, it's a lolling tweed that's got a mixture of different walls in. It's quite a wide weave, but it has no lining. The internal construction is is just a few ribbons, effectively, that are there to hold the jacket in place with very minimal shoulder pads. And that type of, of, of construction, that deconstructed um, or sometimes part-lined, where only the top part of the jacket is lined, really takes away a lot of the, the weight and the, and the heat. So if you're looking for a summer suit or a summer jacket, give something like that a try. Um, sometimes it'll be referred to as, a, as, as an Italian construction um, because those types of, of, of jackets are more popular in, in Italy, it being a hotter country. Um, but do check that it works for you because they do have to be constructed very well to work for those of us with big broad shoulders or sloping shoulders or those of us who don't have that naturally broad chest and narrow waist, if you're like me and your torso is basically a big oblong, then you you have to be careful on the ones that will that, that will fit you and they have to be cut very well. Uh, but you can find them and you can do that just just, just having, a, uh, ha having a look around. You know, I've had really good success with Palzoleri that I mentioned earlier, although they're quite expensive. Uh, Brooks Brothers are, are a great brand for, for, for that type of, of deconstructed jacket. Um, especially their some, some of their sort of temporary summer coats. You'll, you'll often find some really great examples. Um, and I've also had surprisingly quite good results from Marks and Spencer's, very reasonably priced sort of British retailer. Um, and with a little bit of alteration, getting the sleeves right, getting the cutaway, that is the angle at the, at the front bottom where, the, where, the, where the, uh, the front of the suit shades into the, into the bottom, getting those adjusted, potentially getting the waist nipped a little bit, they can all make a big difference in, in that in that case. So if you're looking for a summer suit and you want something which is going to look stylish, something you enjoy wearing, that you're going to be able to wear on relatively hot days without feeling uh, too uncomfortable, then I would advise look at, the, at those three factors. Look at the colour, look at the material it's made of, the cloth, and look at the construction. Those three C's together will give you a good um, a good basis to choose a suit that you can enjoy wearing, look good in, feel your best, and feel your most stylish. You've got to be relaxed to be stylish, so being comfortable is, is a really important part of that. The final factor for that is to consider some uh, what you wear under the under the suit, which is really the, the shirt you're going to wear and whether or not you're going to wear a tie. So the events I mentioned that I'm going to, when I'm going to the races, I'm almost certainly uh, going to wear a tie. It will probably be uh, Shantung silk, which is a kind of slubby silk that has little little bubbles in it. So it's not smooth like a traditional 
office tie would be. It's got a little bit more texture and therefore less formal. Probably in, in a summery colour, a yellow or potentially an orange, something like that, that works well with my colouring. The shirt will almost certainly be, be linen. I tend not to wear white because I have uh, quite ruddy skin and, 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 and uh, well, it used to be red hair, it's now shading more towards brown, but a white shirt I find um, washes me out. But if you're lucky enough to have either very high or very low contrast between your skin tone and your hair, a white shirt can look great. So if you've got very dark skin and very dark hair, a white shirt can look absolutely fantastic as can pretty much any other colour. Um, if you have very pale skin, very dark hair, for example, uh, a white shirt can also be very dramatic in that case. Where the contrast between the two is not as strong, generally speaking, uh, white is a bit too stark, but something like an off-white, like an ecru or an ivory, that's great. That's not what I normally go for. Um, and so that's likely what I'll end up wearing, is, is probably a, a lightish blue suit, um, probably a, a slightly off-white shirt and, uh, and, and a yellow tie, and probably a slightly off-white pocket square to match the shirt, maybe with a little bit of yellow in to bring out something from the tie or some blue to bring out from the suit. For less formal events, where you don't need to be quite as smart, I would drop the, drop the tie. You could, as, as I often do and as Zach does, and as we tend to do on Fridays with Cravat Fridays, is, is wear a cravat which is a, a, a great alternative to a, a tie and slightly less formal. Um, but they are a little bit unusual, and so not everyone would choose to do that. Um, in which case, I would suggest you you wear your, your just your collar open. But I do want to give one word of advice for those, those of you who wear your collars open, as, as, as I probably will be when I go to the polo, is unless your shirt has a particularly stiff collar, it will have a tendency to get crushed or to fall beneath the collar of your jacket. And that looks sloppy and messy. And it really robs your your, your shirt collar of, of the, the job it's supposed to do, which is to help frame your face. And so either, I would suggest two things, either make sure that you have a shirt with a particularly uh, robust, potentially slightly higher than normal collar, but they can be tricky to get off the rack. Um, I find that companies like Halls and Curtis generally do pretty well at that. Um, the advantage that a lot of those types of shirts, so a lot of the shirt shop type type shirts, so Halls and Curtis, for example, um, they, they will have um, collar stays. And so those are the little plastic tabs that uh, sit inside pockets on the very front of the collar that help you keep the collar upright and, and in place. They're a really good idea. Um, often the plastic ones will they'll not survive if you forget to take them out and they, and they end up getting laundered or they'll they'll wear down over time probably before the shirt does. So I tend to use metal ones and you can buy very thin lightweight metal collar stays or collar stiffeners in a lot of menswear stores. I've got some I bought from Brooks Brothers that cost me about five pounds. Um, you get dozens of them in a, in, in a little tub to, with different lengths to suit different shirts. Really worth the investment. So I would definitely recommend that. And also, if you're going to be wearing your shirt uh, unbuttoned under a jacket and you're concerned that the collar 
might not stand up to it, I would strongly recommend spray starch when you launder your shirt. It's really easy to do. You don't need to starch the whole shirt. I would recommend you build up to it over, over time. So don't put huge amounts on because it can, a stiff collar can slightly irritate the neck. But just a couple of passes of spray starch on the inside of the collar as you're ironing it. So in the piece that will be covered over when you, uh, on the inside when you, when you fold your collar over as you wear it. That will really help your collar to stay upright. And that is something I can definitely, uh, definitely recommend. Give that a go um, and your, your shirt will look so much better, even if you're wearing it without a, without a tie. It will help that, that frame of the face. So there you go. Some thoughts from me on, uh, on, on summer style and how to look good during the summer. I'd be really interested in, in hearing uh, your thoughts on it, what you end up doing, especially if you've got photographs to, 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 to share. Find us on social media, uh, the, the, the Peach Gentleman on, on, on most platforms. Um, you'll see it linked in, in wherever you pick up this podcast. And uh, yeah, hope to, uh, hope to speak to you soon. All the best. Goodbye.